and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Oh, you're chipper today. Mm, yes. Jesus Christ, cat! <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> He's not even doing anything. He's made a noise. Um... <laughs> This is episode 26. Uh, I am Jake, and today I'm joined by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. Today, we will be discussing two classic episodes. First, we'll talk about Return to Tomorrow, which the title... What the... Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. In which our uh, heroic crew responding to a distress signal from a planet which could not possibly be sending a distress signal finds out that uh, Zoltar... Is wow, you really weren't going to tell people's names? Today. Disembodied voice. They, you know, they arrive at this planet, and Zoltar calls up and says, "I am Zoltar, and you will come down to my planet." So uh, he invites Kirk, Spack, and McCoy, and Doctor Pulaski, and <laughs> they beam down to the planet and find out that Zoltar is actually a coin-operated fortune-telling machine. <laughs> They wish to become big, and they do, and there's a scene where they're dancing on a piano thing, and he realizes in the end that... Well, th- there's a weird scene in that movie where, like, a ten-year-old kid bangs an adult woman. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's yeah, kind it's of a, a weird. creepy movie. It's every, every kid's fantasy, though. I'm sorry, what? Big. big. The movie Big. Oh, I've never seen the movie Big. Oh, you've never seen, seen Big? It's, it's a classic. It's a I don't, after our, our long That's Tom a classic Hanks Tom discussion? Hanks special. I just haven't seen it. Oh, wow. That was Have a staple of my childhood. Pit? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, anyway, back to the descriptions. Zoltar basically tells them that, you know, oh, you know, we are the super advanced species. We used to, we used to fan out throughout the galaxy and jizz on every planet, so you're probably my son. Um, <laughs> and um, So much seed. So much seed. Uh, seed everywhere. And, the, and he's like, and just as you seed planets now. And Kirk's like, eh, eh, eh. So he basically says, well, you know, we destroyed ourselves in this cataclysm, and just to save our species, we downloaded ourselves into these glowing orbs of plastic. And now, you know, we'd like your permission to borrow your body so that we can build androids to... Robot androids. Robot androids. It's, it's important to... Machine machines. To clarify. Yes. Machine machines. Yes. We're going to build some robot androids, we'll download our brains into the androids, and then we'll give you your bodies back... What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? So here's the here's the catch, though. They can only live in human bodies for a short time because their metabolism speeds up and they overheat and they die. Yeah. So they agree, and Zoltar goes into Kirk, and his wife goes into Dr. Pulaski, and the other guy goes into Spock. Ten- yeah, Tenok. You don't, you don't even have a funny name for him? I don't know. Teton. Shitbag. Shitlock yeah. goes into... So, and like, Obvious villain. Guy Smiley, yeah. He goes, into, <laughs> he goes into Spock and he's all smiles and he wants to bang Chapel. And yeah. So he's like... Chapel was so into it, too. I was going to say, that must have been really hard for her. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard for oh, her, yeah. Oh, no. So they, uh, so they do this and, you know, they... Well, you know, fake Spock can make a, a serum that'll let us... 
exist in the bodies for a longer period of time. So he does that, and then we find out his sinister mustache-twirling plan, where he's actually going to kill Kirk with Zoltar inside of him, so that they can go against the plan and not do the robot thing and just continue to live on in the humans. Because, of course, Vulcan physiology is so much different that there's no problem with their metabolism or their blood pressures or their thises and thats. Yeah, well, he can last longer. Yeah, in Spock, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, much, much to uh, Chapel's uh, uh, excitement. Whatever the opposite of chagrin is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> chaffron. <laughs> yeah, you like that? I do. I don't. Uh, turn that <laughs> frown upside down. Yeah. yeah, make that into a chagrin. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's good that we can't even make it through the summaries anymore without tangents. I'm That's really pleased true. with how good we are. So, yeah, long story short, he does it. Too late. Uh, they <laughs> execute, he executes his little plan. He gives Kirk the wrong serum. He mind fucks Chapel so that she goes along with it. Kills Kirk. Turns out he's not really dead, though. Comes back. They turn the orbs into piles of poop and hairy poop. steaming Ooh. hairy poop. Where did the like, hair come from? Like if it's like it's a rhinoceros or something that eats nothing but hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's you are not you eat, right? etc. Yeah. Fake Spock tries to take over the ship. Doesn't work because when they turn the orbs into poop, they actually downloaded Spock's brain into Chapel, and they were both in there. Chapel was so into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always wanted Spock inside of me. So instead of oh, instead of yeah. yeah. <laughs> injecting Dr. McCoy with poison. She injects Spock with the poison, but it's not actually poison. It's only a, or it's a low dose of poison. To, they tricked McCoy into thinking it was a big dose, which in turn tricked Spock. And then Spock passes out, but he's not actually dead because he's in chapel. So Zoltar shows up, who's also not actually dead for some reason. He, he downloaded. He, he downloaded into the pulled, ship. Yeah, he pulled a piglet. Yeah, yeah. He, There's been a bunch of those. So pulled a piglet definitely sounds the day, like some kind of masturbation euphemism. Oh. At the end of the day, the Spock Tolok or whatever downloads into nothing and dies, and then Zoltar and his girlfriend wife. He's like, listen, Kirk, let me use your body one more time so I can finger bang Pulaski. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Yep. laughs> and Kirk's like, all right, one last time for old time's sake. And they make out and then Zoltar and his wife download into nothing as well because they're clearly too powerful to exist in this world. Yeah. yeah. So that's about it there. And because their gumball machines were destroyed. So Yeah, Yeah, but true. they were living in the ship just fine. Yeah, we could have we'll, just continued we'll get, on. In the yeah, we'll get to yeah. this. We'll get to this. And then... I have thoughts. The classic. The one you've all been waiting for. Patterns of Force! Ah. <laughs> we then, should get, put some kind of echo... Uh, yes. I patterns! Patterns! I don't know. Of, 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 force! 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 Hitler! 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 More like better. patterns of... Farce, am I right? <laughs> oh boy, Larry, you got me. <laughs> so we uh, in this episode, we are visiting a planet that was visited by John Glenn or something, <laughs> and you find out that uh, you know it's it's actually two planets. There's the planet Ecolia and the planet Zion. And I give you the cards with the proper nouns, listen, and you just skip them anyway. Ecoli and Zion. Zion. Ecos and Zion, which is obviously. That was Zion. Zeon? Isn't Zeon how it's actually pronounced? Oh, whatever. No, it's, it's, it's the Jew Zion. planet. Oh, okay, so it's, it's, it's the Jew planet, right? That's what the point is. 
Right. Thank you for making the subtext text. And of course, it's, it's not subtext, but it's called Zeon. No, it's, I know. It's, <laughs> it's Ecos or whatever because it echoes Nazi Germany. That's right. Well, because they copy. Right? Yeah. They're like they have Ecolia. Yeah. So yeah, so we land on this planet, or we go to this planet because John Glenn went there and was supposed to be a cultural observer. He was Kirk's teacher at the academy. Taught like, him. like everyone else we've met. Yeah. Out in space. How many <laughs> classes did he take? <laughs> Apparently, so, so hard, it's so hard many. to become. Oh no, it was John Galt. No, it wasn't John. Gil. Who John is John Galt? No, it's John Gill. Yeah. Uh, Galt was the um, head. What's it on uh, Gamesters of Triskelion? That's right. Yeah, the vampire friend. Anywho, they get to this this planet and they beam down, and it turns out that even though they were told that they're you know oh they're primitive, they get down there and they're just Nazis. Like, they, not even just, like, Nazi types. They're just literal Nazis. Yep. yep. Swastikas and all. Yep. yep. Uniforms were intact. They got the... Yeah, they They got, have the same architecture and such. Oh, yeah. They, oh, which makes sense because... Because they're, they're humanoids. humanoids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great, great excuse for you using the Paramount Backlot, boys. <laughs> also, it turns out that Zeon is a peaceful planet that abhors violence. But they're more technologically advanced. But they're advanced. way more technologically advanced versus Ecos, which is a warlike race, but they're... Technologically behind, but then it. It's because they're too busy cooking ants with magnifying glasses to get anything done, you know? That's right. Or crystals spaced two and a half uh, centimeters apart. Anywho, so they get down there and they're like, oh shit, we got Nazis. What are we going to (laughs) do? The first thing they do is fulfill Spock's lifetime fantasy of playing dress up as a Nazi. (laughs) Um,. So they dress up as Nazis. They find a you know they find a Nazi dude wandering around and give him the old one two chop and steal his uniform and great plan guys because they promptly get yeah. caught when some random Nazi or rando Nazi guy is like take your helmet off and like and why yeah like but why yeah I don't know they so, could they could tell his skin was yellow but yeah why did he know there'd be something under the helmet I don't it know. just was like it was like that's convenient. Yeah, so some, some some random Nazi guy realizes that Spock's an alien. They should have just knocked it off by accident and then realized. That would have made sense. Shiza! So they get captured. Someone's hailing the Fuhrer and knocks it off his head or something. They get <laughs> taken to jail and somebody smears lipstick on their back. And <laughs> Spock's was green. Yeah, green lipstick. Very uh, goth. Um, Pastel goth. So they get captured, and for some reason, Kirk's handcuff is undone the whole time, yet he's still acting like it's... <laughs> I know, it's very amazing. That was pretty painful. They dig some crystals out of their arm and build a laser to fry the door on the jail, and then they escape, along with the Jewish guy that was in the next cell, and they go to get their communicators back. I don't fucking know. I, they end up... Teaming up with the, the resistance, and then all the people that you thought were Nazis actually aren't Nazis. They're all working for like. Here's the problem on this planet, right? Is that nobody's actually a Nazi. Everybody's just part of the resistance. <laughs> they just don't know it. They just don't know it because they're all pretending to be Nazis. <clears throat> the only actual Nazi was the Deputy Fuhrer. Right, the one guy who was a Nazi. Which is like the best thing, Deputy Fuhrer. Yeah, yeah, uh, the Deputy Fuhrer. I shot the Fuhrer. <laughs> But I did not shoot the deputy. I said literally the same fucking thing. Was it last night or this morning? It was last last night. night. I literally said exactly that. Like, (laughs) why are we the same person? Uh, It's fucking creepy sometimes. So, uh, yeah, so we go in uh, to the the Reich office or whatever and realize that the... the And there's, there's like the... 
there's this great scene where it's the totally oh that the Fuhrer is totally not drugged that's why we've positioned a microphone directly directly in front of his mouth mouth. he gives a speech that's nonsense and basically amounts to do what the deputy Fuhrer says was the idea there that they're just using like old footage of his voice or what What was that probably Mm. i don't know so the plan is we're gonna go blow up zeon final solution once and for all and then it's great because the resistance guy that's been helping them this whole time is like, "There's a we can't destroy the, the fleet because so many of my friends are on there that are part of the resistance. And it's like, yes, because obviously everyone is in the resistance. <laughs> so we find out that John Galt has been drugged the whole time, obviously, by Mr. Nazi. And then Spock mind melds with him. Because of course. Because of course, and trick and makes it so that he can respond to questions, but not actually. Did Spock make it like that, or did, yeah. the, uh, did the adrenaline? Well, it was a combination. Yeah. They gave him the adrenaline, then Spock mind fucked him and told him what to do. That was weird. <laughs> not, a, not a Spock mind fucking this week. And then, and then yeah. he explains under questioning that oh, I didn't really want them to be Nazis. I just wanted them to be like Nazis, but not like evil. Just sort of like. Efficient. Yeah, they just Spock's wanted to, to <clears throat> rub off the National Socialist movement. Yeah, yeah, like, give, give them rub a off. Giving them a handy yeah. to make sure that the Nazism yeah. so Sorry, doesn't this is, this come spreading out. Guys, like, you can't see the hand gesture aims. Probably did not intend to make... Oh, no, I did. Oh, okay. It, yeah. it, it, that's Classic. a big one. So he jerked off all their Nazi dicks. So, oh. long story short, Spock goes absolutely nuts, proclaims his love for... All things Hitler and Nazis promises to take out, quote, all of you human swine. (laughs) Um, He's going to take over the Enterprise and that the Vulcan race is uh, superior, makes out with a portrait of Hitler. (laughs) And And he glory holes it, right? Yeah, it's really weird. It was surprisingly graphic in the 60s. Well, he tapes the picture of Hitler to... (laughs) Kirk's face. And put the little hole where the mouth is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we do learn Spock's true feelings about humans and Nazis. He admires them greatly. Wow. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that part didn't happen. That's not part of the synopsis. That's sort it's of... not canon. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, not it's canon. between the lines. It's, it's subtext. Yeah, exactly. Subtext. <laughs> we, know, we get what he's thinking. It's like how we know that they're the Jews, and then we know that... Spock is totally a Nazi. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. I you realize why is everyone coming. part of the resistance? Ah. I'm going to make sure this happens. So, um, needless to say, the deputy Fuhrer, uh, Melanin or something, um, <laughs> flips out when when like they finally get John Glenn to talk and tell the truth and call off the attack. He freaks out. He shoots him through the wall, and then everyone's like, "You shot! You shot the Fuhrer!" And I did not shoot the. T- <laughs> <laughs> but then the deputy so, does that, get shot. Yeah, and then and then the Jew guy shoots the dep shoots the, the deputy. Jew guy. The guy that was helping him out the whole time, who was dressed as all everyone was dressed as Nazis. This, this whole thing, man, it's like allegory, but it's not allegory because it's literally the thing that happens. <laughs> Except for the part where they shoot the Fuhrer. Or the part part where the Fuhrer was was just a drugged good guy the whole time. Yeah, but he wasn't a good guy because he still taught them how to be Nazis. Yeah, he still a, did that. Whoops. Not right. the best. You though. can't just be like, all right, I'm going to teach you everything about the Nazis, and then you're going to only do the good part. To the warlike species. It's Why true. would he teach them the bad parts, too? Yeah. yeah skip the whole fucking concentration camp Why did he bit. teach them about the uniforms? How, what, did, why was that whoa, important? Whoa, because those were some sharp uniforms, man. Like, I'm not, you Yeah, know. but did he need to give them the swastika? 
Yeah. They could have had their but own. But it's like logo. it's like they want to make sure you rug. It just brings <clears throat> the whole thing together. <laughs> like he couldn't have. It's like I would have gotten it if it was just the goddamn book that Oxmix had. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they just read it and interpreted it. But no, he taught them the shit. He accidentally gave them Mein Kampf and they were like, this is a step-by-step. <laughs> step. Anyway. So that's what happens, but, you know, they and then they all realize that, okay, well, we've gone wrong, clearly. We didn't follow the Fuhrer's teachings, so now we will be good Nazis. Nazis. Nah. There you go. So that's what happens. That's yeah. uh, how it goes in the wonderful land of Nazi planet. So yeah, uh, Return to Tomorrow. Title. I really liked Return to Tomorrow. No, it was a good episode. Dumb title. Dumb title. Could have been, a, yeah, the title. I mean, I get the idea. They, they are re- trying, at least, to rejoin the galaxy there at is large. A, there is a return. The Tomorrow part, But it's though, still just, today. Yeah. I kept expecting this to be like another time travel one one yeah. uh, when we were in With like, that title, it yeah. because of the title. Yeah. I was like, tomorrow oh. is yesterday, so they return to tomorrow is yesterday. Yeah. I, I should also clarify, the reason why I kept calling the lady doctor Dr. Pulaski is because the actress, yes, it is. Diana Muldar, later plays Dr. Pulaski. And she plays something, another small role at some point. I forget yeah, because actually, because last night we were watching and I was like, is that Dr. Pulaski? So I looked her up and yeah, she's she's... In the original series, once more is a different character. Yep, yep, yep. She's also famous to normals for her role. I think it was L.A. Law. I want to say, or one of those late eighties, early nineties legal mm. dramas, mm. where when she left the show, they killed her character off in a rather infamous way. Ooh. Uh, you can find clips of it online, or at least you could when I first Death heard about this diarrhea. a few years ago. <laughs> uh, no dumber. An elevator door opens, and she doesn't notice that it's a malfunction and the elevator isn't there. So she just walks into an elevator shaft. That's, that's not, my that's, greatest fear. I was going to say, that's actually not dumb. That happens. People do that. I mean, not How like do you not the notice the lack of elevator? Listen, there's an episode of TNG where Q puts the turbo lift car into space, and Picard almost walks out. Oh, I've seen that clip, actually. Yeah. I was going to say... Is it, walks out into space. I, I was going to say, is that, is that how they get rid of Dr. Like, Pulaski? She like, walks into a... Yes. Turbo lift shaft. That would be kind of brilliant, though. This might be the. I mean, the, there's obviously crossover of actors across seasons, but yeah. she might be the only person that I can think of that goes from just being a guest actor in one series to being a, se- a series regular in another series. I don't think that happens. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Although, I mean, I guess, well, Mark Alamo kind of does it because he appears a couple times in <gasps> TNG. I like him. Different characters before playing Ducat. Love Ducat. Ducat's my favorite. But he's always, like, that's a little less obvious, though, because isn't he, like, almost always an alien and therefore under 20 pounds of makeup? That's true. Mm. Whereas this is blatantly, like, there's no mistaking that that's the same Human. same person. <laughs> true. A little older. Yeah, yeah but I mean, older. right away I was like, that's, oh, if that's not Dr. Pulaski, I'll eat my hat. Yeah, and what's funny, though, is what I found funny in this episode is that she's trying to build an android, and yet one of her character traits on TNG is that she doesn't like Data because he's an android. Yeah. That bitch. Well, she's, she, I don't know if she doesn't like him, but she's always teasing him and treating him like shit. Well, I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen any of her episodes in years, but I feel like they were kind of trying to give her a McCoy vibe. She's kind of irascible, and they were like, all right, so she therefore has to have a vaguely friendly, antagonistic relationship with Data because he's the closest thing to a Vulcan. Mm-hmm. He's the other. Yeah, they did try to, I think that was exactly what they were trying to do with that character, was yeah. make her, like... So, her character in this, who, again, the name totally escapes me, because Mul- I Mulhall. think... Mulhall. Thank you. Mulhall. Dr. Anne Mulhall. Why was she in red? That's true. She was an astrobiologist. Because they wanted the three colors to be the three characters. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably... It's either that or they just couldn't find a blue dress that fit her or something. Yeah. But it, it just, it really, like, it, it's a pedantic, stupid thing. But I was like, why is she in red? Hmm. I mean, it suits her, but why is she in it? Yeah, maybe, otherwise it would have just been a lot of blue. Yeah, yeah, or maybe they put her in the blue and it just didn't work with her. Maybe. Maybe it's because subtly someone in costuming was like, well, women are dispensable, red dress for her. <laughs> but yeah, this episode, because I, I, I haven't seen this one in a long time. So all I really remembered was like, all right, there's... Mines in orbs, and I know they trade bodies for a while or something, but I didn't really remember much else, though I did. Either I remembered more of the plot than I thought, or I just called it, because I was like, all right, so here's what's going to happen. <laughs> the guy from the other side is going to be in Spock. Spock's going to be able to take having the ghost in him better, and this guy's going to be like, let's just keep these bodies, and it's going to be a whole thing. And uh, the, the sort of unfortunate lesson here was don't try to make peace with your enemies. Because it is the guy from the other side who nearly ruins everything. Mm. Like, I don't think that was their intended message, but that kind of ends up becoming the message. I don't know, though. The wife, uh, Thalesa, was pretty easily beckoned to the other side. Well, 60 sexes and women are treacherous. Yeah. They, they, they really ago. want to be able to smell the flowers and... Yeah. And know, that she, got, she realized very... <laughs> She realized very quickly, though. She was like, oh, yeah, no, this is dick. I well, yeah, I mean, she burns the shit out of McCoy. Oh, poor McCoy. That was sad. See, what I love, though, is when she's done, like, trying to torture him, he just looks up and kind of frowns, and I know, she's like, oh, now you've made him angry. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy just doesn't give a fuck. Mm. Sargon, of course, also the, the name of an ancient Sumerian leader on Earth. Mm. I know almost nothing about him besides that. Maybe he was... Seated. Did he spill his seed a lot? Because mm-hmm. Sargon was voiced by uh, Dylan. Was he? Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, that's cool. Because Dylan just is all about being voices. Mm. Like, what other voices a, has he done? He does a whole bunch in the animated series. I, I've heard. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. There might be others that we may have heard by now, but I don't. I don't have the list. Did he? And I'm not even kidding when I say this. Did they have him overdub the newscaster in? the next episode oh, because I have no idea. when the guys on the like newsreel talking about what's her name getting the medal it sounded just like Sargon <laughs> yeah, maybe it was I, just I because of the echo effect but it was like the same but I wanted I wonder if like they the guy had a voice and they're like this voice isn't working call Dewan yeah, yeah Dewan master that. of voices it's a pity he's stuck in the Scottish one <laughs> mm, um, Scottish being in air quotes <laughs> so I would like to point something out uh oh uh oh you okay. filing a complaint I am filing a complaint. Uh-oh. There's your form. Initial here, here, sign here. (laughs) Put your butt print here. So, Sargon says that we used to go out and seed the universe. Yeah, this is is troubling. Back in our day. A lot. He says it a lot. So, you're quite possibly our children, our descendants. To which Pulaski says, well, we know that life on Earth evolved independently. So, clearly not. Mm. Later, they had to add that line for NBC, by the way, because NBC thought thought it was fucking weird. Well, huh. evidently they forgot that shit because by the time TNG rolls around, we've totally gone with the the universe was seeded by aliens. Yeah, oh, theory. Yep, yep, yep. One of the worst episodes of Star Trek ever. Mm. I look forward to it. It's a later one. We're not going to get there for a while. Mm. But it's called the Chase. Sometime in 2019. And it's a fucking backdoor retcon bullshit that Star Trek likes to do wherein they fucking retcon shit like the foreheads on the Klingons which they had to retcon for no reason oof and then (laughs) serenity now and (laughs) 
But they felt that they had to retcon the fact that all aliens are humanoid in TNG because, you know, not naturally there's people in those days they would have been on Usenet bitching and moaning about, well, why do all the, the aliens look like people? <laughs> what if they have evolved independently of each other? <laughs> and then, and so Star Trek, so fucking Brandon Braggad fucking bourbon are sitting there and they're like we have to explain this shit so they come up with this concept of the episode the chase where they where all the powers the fucking Romulans and the Cardassians and all these fucking assholes are searching the universe for evidence and they find the fucking species that seeded the universe it's not zargon for some fucking reason it should have been they could have just tied it into this existing episode because canon but they don't they come up with a new species but this new species looks exactly like the founder woman from ds9 but it's not it's just the same actor why don't i recognize that damn it I'm just watching the, the spikes in the audio whenever Jake says anything. I really hope at some point, Jake, they re-re-retcon it and establish that what it is is that species also laid the base for Sargon's species. Or vice versa. Or something. Or, I'm sure they will. I don't know. Oh, you've broken Caitlin again. God damn it, Star Trek. I love you, but I hate you so much. All right, I'm going to check my notes on this one. <laughs> well, I, oh see, I, really li- I really like this one. I think yeah, the, no, so did I. The religious thing was weird, and the Adam and Eve thing was weird, but I tied it back to, like, the mourn for Adonais, is, as in, like, okay, so the Greek gods were actually people, and the Adam and Eve were, were descendants from Sargon, so all of your freaking religious myths are true. They're just aliens. No, oh, I was reading the memory alpha on this episode, and one of the bullet points was some, someone needling the fact that, oh, well, if, um, however many years ago they said that they sent out, you know, their seed all over the universe. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be 60,000 years ago or 600,000 no, years it was, ago. No, it was half a million years ago. No, that's when their super war was. So if they seeded, bef- they had, would have had to seed before. Oh, okay, that. so it must have been 600 mil- uh, million years ago. No, 600,000 years ago. At the minimum. At the minimum. Could have been longer. Well, yeah. 501,000. There you go. 500,001 years ago at the very yay yay many years ago and someone was whining all like oh but but evolutionarily you know the neanderthals and such and such and homo habilis and and i'm just like no 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 person on memory alpha that's that's not what people of this of the 60s were thinking they were thinking flip open genesis point your finger and say that one i don't know about that though they knew what evolution was yeah, but if this was an Adam and Eve thing, if they were specifically saying, like, these were your Adam and Eve. Yeah, that, I mean, some. Of, I feel like, basically, if anything, I always feel like if anything that seems sort of trying to confirm religion gets moved in, or at least Judeo-Christian religion, it's, it's to keep the network happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain there's elements of that. Like, I know, I did mention that NBC, like, yeah, requested they that they add that line about, oh, but that's not necessarily true, because... You can't tell you that you're part of our religion. Yeah, I mean, at the time, what they may have been thinking, too, was it would have explained the... I think they've since 
like, you know, in the decades since we found the so-called missing link. But at the time, they were mm-hmm. still looking for it. So maybe they were trying to hint that's what was going on with them. Maybe they were the missing link, things like that. Can we talk about Sargon and Thalesa and the other guy, Tenok's plan, and how if they'd waited, like, a little longer, they could have had their fucking robot bodies and had their cake, too. That's what I don't get. Like, you've got this race that is apparently so advanced. Mm-hmm. But they apparently can't make an android that has... Boners. Good senses. Can they go back to fucking Dr. Corby's lab and use those android yeah, machines? Corby can they, had it. Can they head over to Mud Planet and say, hey, can we borrow some of your robots? Yeah, like, I, I feel like there's solutions here. You don't want those robots. They've been uh, used. They can build more. Build unused versions. Oh. Or my other thought on this was... The robots was, get wet. I mean, that one certainly looked That's, wet before like it was done. Like, getting hard would be easy for a robot thing, Ooh. right? Because it's just a sack that you fill with... Yeah, you would just something. need, like, some sort of internal lubrication storage. That's true. It would be totally possible. I guess it's easy. Yeah, I guess it's easy to do. And again, that that not-quite-finished android just looked like it was covered in paint. So it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. There's, some, there's a man slathered in... It was. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Weird shit. My, my, other, my other thought was, you know, if they know that... Oh, the Vulcan body's gonna last longer for with us having, you know, our minds incorporated or whatever. Why not just say, oh, well, in that case, hang out on the Enterprise, we'll fly over, find you some Vulcans, and you can use them to build your robots, and, and that will work better mm-hmm. than, you know, destroying Kirk and destroying Mohal's bodies. Yeah. This is why, what was the name of the, the ship that, that got exploded by the fucking amoeba? The Intrepid. The Intrepid. That's why they would have been more useful, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we find that fucking Sargon has made himself part of the ship instead of dying, because that's yeah. another thing they can do. Apparently. Why not Which, just let I them mean, do that and bring them somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. Also, Spock and Chapel were able to coexist in Chapel's body. Yeah. I wonder about that, though. So why, I wonder if Spock wasn't specifically the one in charge. I mean, well, she looked kind of dazed, so something was up. I mean, yeah. that's just how the chapel looks But, like, if you can have two consciousnesses existing in the same body, why do you need the fucking snow globes, you know? What's going on? Mm, true. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe the only reason they could sort of coexist is because they were both lower consciousness so it wasn't fucking up her body maybe Zoltar just needs the full brain yeah and even that nearly burnt Kirk out you know Uh, I did love when when Zoltar Zoltar fucking Sargon first took (laughs) over Kirk's body Shatner did this weird little stiff walk I was like that's that's pretty funny I liked that that was actually I thought this episode yeah that that was creepy the walk was good. That though. was like some figure skating nonsense that he did. Like, yeah. 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 No, I want to say that this is one of the more, in terms of acting, this is one of the more interesting episodes because they're actually given a lot of material to play with between yeah. Kirk and Spock, and yeah. to some to some degree, Mohal. Yeah. Because we get to see Spock smiling so and much. jauntily leaning. Yeah, and, no, Nimoy was clearly enjoying getting to break character. Oh, I think everybody enjoyed that. Chapel especially. <coughs> Mm. I was gonna say Ames especially. It no, it's like, fine. Yeah, it's actually it's funny when you the episode hate fun. I am suspicious of your explanation. <laughs> when the episode concluded, I actually was saying to Caitlin, I feel like this only worked as well as it did because Shatner is Shatner. In what way? Like I feel like if this had been given to, for lack of a better term, a more 
good. Traditionally considered good actor. Like, I feel like Shatner's sort of hammy Shatnerness was just right for some of the big moments with Sargon. Like the 15 times he makes out with his wife? That, like that. And it's like the opening scene where he's just like, to breathe and see and all that. And it's like, a serious actor would have delivered it better, but it somehow wouldn't have worked. Huh. It would as be well. it would be cheesier by being less cheesy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think I don't I honestly don't think Shatner is a bad actor. No, but he's got a very specific bailiwick. Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, he's not cla- like just to, to to bring up the comparison, I don't think and he's a great actor and he's great in so many things. I don't think it would have worked as well, say, with Picard. Hmm. Hmm. You know, we, we see Picard would have been endowed like, too much with gravitas, shit, I think. No, I know, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, I think if, say for this specific plot, if you just mm. transferred this plot into TNG, him trying to sort of do that, he'd give it a sort of a subtlety in a in a thing that just, it wouldn't have sold it as well. I feel. I feel like the fact that he's so willing to be a bit over the top helped. Mm. Well, they did transfer this plot into an episode of TNG. Did they? Yeah. Mm. It's called Power Play. Although instead of having some good aliens, they're all evil. Ah, the bastards. <laughs> I know, the fact that these these godlike beings who are all powerful and but but weren't evil, they weren't like toying with the the Enterprise crew and they weren't like like a like a Trelane or anything and they weren't like, you know, exerting all their power, but they were just using them as tools. That was yeah. kind of interesting. I mean, there was that brief moment where you're like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" where he was like, "Spock, I'm going to leave you behind." And then all the lights go off and he's like, "Never mind, you're coming." Mm. That's the one moment where you're like, oh, what, what, how are these? But then after that, they're just like, chill, with the exception of the bad guy. So it's just like, and I, he's like, sorry, you probably could have just asked. (laughs) You didn't have to do that whole demonstration thing. But I guess maybe he knew they'd respond to that better, because he can read their minds and shit. Hmm. But yeah, God, it was funny. Because again, I did like it, but it was funny how quickly, like, it was just... So apparent how evil Spock's yeah. ghost was. Yeah, the, the mustache twirling. Just from the off, because like I say, he's so smirky, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's that's not a good guy smirk. That's a bad guy smirk. <laughs> well, plus, as you pointed out, too, he was making some serious angry face while uh, Kirk and Mulhall were yeah, ghost making out and I mean, stuff. It never came quite to the fore, but I feel like maybe there was definitely a little, like... It almost like you feel like he's made an abandoned subplot where P.S. he was also into her. Hmm. But it never really comes out save that in the, again, the face Nimoy makes when they're making out where he's just kind of like, I wanted that. Maybe he actually means Kirk, not the oh, maybe. 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 <laughs> Gotta kill the one you love. Yeah. Or whatever that expression is. You only hurt the ones that? you love. Something like that. If you love it, let it make out with Kirk. Yes. Or Pulaski in this case. And if it comes back to you, watch out. It probably now has herpes. That's, mm, space that's herpes. the, the un- spurpees. Often, often <laughs> unstated addendum. Well, especially where Kirk's involved. Well, isn't it like if you love something, let it go, and if it comes back, you know it's yours or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If know. you sprinkle when while you tinkle, tinkle, be a sweetie, wipe the seedy. Oh, yeah. So we, we, we talked about this a little during the, the intro. Android robots. Machine machines. Is that, is that redundant or actually self-contradictory? Because I might be misunderstanding the, the, like, the way I define Android might come from science fiction, not reality. But my understanding is a robot is sort of a, it's it's a machine that does a job but has no will of its own. Like, it has a pre-programmed sort of thing. Whereas an android can think for itself. Like, Data's an android. A robot is a thing that makes a Volvo. But what about Sunny and iRobot? I think, I think the, 
so a robot traditionally represents an auto- is like an automaton like you yeah. say like has is programmed to do a specific thing although we should note that the first use of the term robot yes. in Va- no not Vaclav Havel that was uh <laughs> that was that was Carl Carl Chopek yeah yeah are uh, Rossum's universal the, the robots the other Czech play right are now. not automatons and are in fact androids yeah and it, the word where it does come from the Russian word for slave, right, or something like, like that. Worker, I think, something like that. Something like that. Check word. Oh, check. Yeah, word. check word. Check, check, check. Android, though, I'm pretty sure, it really just means any machine that resembles a human. Oh, human okay. I don't think it specifically has anything to do with their sentience. It just has to do with their design. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so I think I'm getting that from, like, I think in science fiction it often comes to mean sort of self-thinking and mm. humanoid. Well, that's because I feel like most arguably android, in air quotes, models that we see are usually self-thinking. Yeah. Although, in, in of course, like in, what, Star Wars, they're droids, and um, they are largely... To varying levels, sort of. Yeah, it's varying levels. That's a, that's a. But the, most of this major, like you know, three PO and R. Like obviously, you can use um, restraining bolts to sort of limit their abilities, but they're still self-aware yeah, and like apparently programmed to feel pain, which is bizarre. Ooh. Yet it's all. Yet it's always goofy when the stupid battle droids, Roger, Roger, when those fucking things get killed. That's hilarious because they're so dumb and that like idiots. Yeah, well, that's the prequels in a nutshell. But yeah, so in this case, I guess Android Robots is just redundant then. Mm. Either it did sound ridiculous, though. I did make a note of it. Just, just say one or the other. I mean, it was in the first 60s, thing I wrote. It probably just wasn't quite as like, no, widespread. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah, I'm guessing that the term Android wasn't used as much. And people, yeah. So people would know what a robot was, yeah. but not necessarily what an Android was. So, hmm. And actually, you know what? Now that I think on it, what you were saying about how it just means sort of human looking. You're definitely right, because even though it's not really used at all, there is technically the term gynoid as well, which is one that... So an android tech is specifically a robot designed to look like a man, mm. and a gynoid looks like a woman. <laughs> so I'm sorry, it's the other way. Or, or, because, like, you know, if it's a guy... Yeah, this is my it's, friend, android. It's G-Y, and that's... like, like <laughs> gynecological guy. Oh. <laughs> that's my vaginoid. Basically. Yeah, that would make more sense. And this is the hemorrhoid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, I did notice that the walls of that tomb thing that they were in were made of the hardest material that they've ever come across. Yeah, yet they don't like study it or like, ooh, this no, is they don't an study amazing it, material. Considering well, the last hardest material we we came across was in Obsession when they were uh, yeah, when yeah. they found that how many ever t- times harder than Diamond's Rock that they were playing with. Yeah. Well, it's because yeah. they were already, like, thinking, like, think about what we can learn from these people. Like, yeah. they probably could Look have just told their them rocks are. all about the rocks. I gotta say, speaking of learning from these people, what kind of bullshit was that meeting? That meeting where they were deciding if they would let the, the guys yeah. borrow them, where it's just like, okay, by the end, and Kirk is like, anyone can vote against without prejudice. Except at this point, he knows the only person against it is Doc. Yeah. So it's classic peer pressure. Mm. Like, Scotty spends a hot second being like, are you fucking dafty? And then Kirk is like, Scotty, better engines. Right, I'm on board. New yeah. toys. And he even tries with McCoy. He's like, think of the... Medical advances, and McCoy's like, this is still dumb, but I want to be cool, so give me a cigarette. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, that impassioned speech wasn't much of an impassioned speech. It was oh, really God, it was speech. really just a lot of close-up on Kirk. Yeah, it was, a Kirk, it was one of Kirk's smile speeches, where he's <laughs> smiling the whole time. It's, like, it's yeah. a good line. You know, risk is our business, but... 
Mm, a lot of risk in these two episodes. At least, at least it wasn't his fucking like, yup, we're probably all gonna die when we fly True. into this thing. True, it wasn't you better know, speech morale than boosting that. speech. Did you see how Tuvok... Tuvok? What, tu, what's his name? Sargon? Oh, uh, Hinnok. Hinnok. Tuvok. Uh, did you see how he fucking manipulated Pulaski's person there? When he so he built that fucking ugly ass dragon. Oh god, that was so weird. He like makes this like hideous monster. I feel bad for whoever the actor was. I just called him hideous monster. Well, he was covered in yeah, slime. Yeah, go under, under the slime. What do you think of his nose? Perfectly serviceable. <laughs> oh, he had a fine nose. We have Spock's guy, yep. Tuvok, who makes a Hennock. Hennock, who makes this hideous monster, and then Pulaski's like, "You, you really want to live in this?" And he's like, no, I made this one for you. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'll, I'll give it boobs and everything. I'll add the female uh, parts yeah. later. It does feel like, though, that the body was was kind of made in a creepy crawler's machine, but he didn't leave it <laughs> yeah. under the light bulb long enough. Yes. Yes. So what I found interesting, too, about the whole thing is um, they kind of pulled some classic Sherlock Holmes bullshit, where whenever Sherlock's got some sort of plan that would require Watson to use guile, he just doesn't give Watson all the details because mm. he doesn't trust Watson to not... Fuck it up. And mm. that's what they pulled with poor McCoy. Put McCoy in a Nazi uniform and get him down here. I wonder, I wonder what everyone on the ship thought was going on. Wait, you're talking Oh, about no, I meant Sargon's plan. Oh, I'm on Patterns of Fourth already because I'm a crazy person. Oh, yeah, no, no, I meant, um... I meant, yeah, that because they, like... Yeah, the whole prepare a poison. No, he has to die. Yeah, okay. and they didn't, And it's like, you know, I had he had to think it was poison because I knew Hennock would read his mind and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, Spock's actually alive. I didn't tell any of you that. And yeah, they, they weren't—they weren't as happy as they should have been when we when we brought Kirk back from the dead. Yeah, in in Vulcan fighting party episode. Jim. Jim. They were well, all so happy. And even he was this alive. one, yeah, when no, there was no Kirk reaction. is back in his body when they thought he was gone, there was again this like, <gasps> "You're alive!" The music swelled. This it was like Spock's back. Well, it's because he looked so regal. True. <laughs> Why was it necessary to destroy the little globes? I'm not clear on was that. It really was just, it was really just to freak McCoy out. Probably. It's all part of the plan. That and Sargon had decided they were just too fucked up as a species to live. So he had mm. to he had to not give himself a, an out if he changed his yeah, mind. Yeah, this is this is the interesting part. So I was looking this episode up, and uh, John Duggan, or Dugan, I'm not sure, the writer of the episode, had a different ending. Oh. And I think Roddenberry changed it. Duggan did not like the new ending and used a pen name for the episode afterwards. A nom de plume. A, no, a nom 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 de plume. Nom nom This nom was also plume. nominated for nom nom nominated for a Writers Guild Award. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he, he did not like the new ending of them essentially just allowing themselves to die. Yeah. He originally had it such that they would just continue living in the ether. Okay. And and just go about their business. Which really, they should have just done that from the fucking beginning. Yeah, you do kind of... Like a, a half a million years ago. If they're as advanced as they are, it does feel like, do you really need a receptacle? I mean... Yeah. You like to bang. That's true. They really did want to bang. Well, so, so, minds, somewhere somewhere between scenes, I'm sure they did. Well, I said to Caitlin last night, man, they should have brought back Pulaski as a... Uh, David's mother in Star Trek 2. <laughs> mm. oh. Yeah, because well, as you pointed out, like at some point during the like last embrace before the aliens go off into oblivion, they like leave and Kirk and Mulhall are still hugging it out. Yeah, and, and you could tell they both were kind of like, that wasn't bad. And then she transfers off the ship two weeks later after a brief affair. 
Mm. Although and I feel like nine months later. Yeah, I feel like David would be too old though. Yeah, that's probably yeah. that's probably true. Mm. Oh, here's a question. Mm-hmm. What did uh, Henok do to Uhura? I don't know, but credit on Michelle uh, Nichols for that scream. That, that was, was amazing. terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. Because he just said pain to oh. fucking Kirk, and he's like, ah! Yeah, I don't, I don't want to know, but that was a good scream. Mm. Very sudden cut, though. Just like, oh, okay, we're screaming now. A lot of screaming now. Mm. That may have also there been, There were some like, odd cuts in that anyway. Like, you pointed out oh, when, yeah, they, the... when they cut to the... The weird board meeting. Scotty. <laughs> yeah, Scotty. They just cut really suddenly to Scotty. Like, what the fuck? It almost felt like an Archer moment. I like that cut. That it was. I was funny. hysterical. Yeah, when Spock was suddenly taking over the ship, and it's like, wow, that, that escalated quickly. Yeah, very. It was also the shortest lived mutiny in the series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for all the mutinies there have been, and all the takeovers, that one did not last. No. Like fucking super fucking psychic teenager Charlie Evans. Held the ship longer than supposedly godlike Hanok. Hanok mm. was an idiot. I sort of feel like both of these episodes felt like their endings were super fast forwarded because they had so mm. much going on. Yeah. But unlike Nazi Planet, Patterns of Force, I felt like I feel like Patterns of Force. It was really the ending was really super fast because they just hemmed and hawed about a lot of bullshit. But I felt like with Return to Tomorrow, they had already jam packed the thing so much with plot that it was necessary. I just felt like a lot of Nazi planet felt prolonged. Mm. I don't know. No. It was not a very efficient episode, ironically. <laughs> hey. Hey. Speaking of which, I'm I'm out of I'm out of things to say about Return to Tomorrow. Are we moving <coughs> on to Patterns of Force? Yeah. And how inefficient it was. What are the final thoughts on Return? I liked it. Yeah, it I, might, I was not it might be among my favorites so far. Yeah, I really did too. It was good. Yeah, no, I was not sure what I was going to think of because again, my memories of it were very vague. But it was it was quite good. And yeah, yeah. when I got along at a good clip, it felt like everything there was pretty necessary. And I agree. I do agree though. Like that, it was super obvious that like they were telegraphing like but the Spock's good, body's going to be able to handle but it. This guy's going to be soups evil. He goes to it so quickly. Like oh, they no, weren't. No, they totally. didn't want it to be a surprise. Well, they like, didn't okay, have good. any fucking time to pussyfoot around True. it because True. they'd already you know done all these fast cuts and yeah. all this shit. The and surprise I, was Sargon still being alive in the ship. That's that, that was yeah. Nice. That was yeah. Pulled a piglet. <laughs> I really expected Captain Kirk to have died in this episode. I was just going to say that. Why? Why do you keep reading my mind? Um, So I'm going to point out, because I just feel like I have to. You know, supposedly the reason John Gill went with the Nazis is because they were one of the most efficient states in history. They went from being Uh. like... Oh, they went from being post-World War I Germany to, you know, Nazi Germany so quickly and this and that and blah fucking blah I am going to point out, because I, I googled this, because I was like, when did this happen? Because I know this other event. By the late 1960s, you'd already had the Japanese economic miracle, where Japan had gone from... Post-World War II Japan. To one of the largest, strongest economies on the planet without having turned into fucking Nazis... In about the same amount of time. Well, you could probably even say the same about post-war Germany with the, you know, yeah, under the Marshall true. Plan. It true. also was a stunning recovery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there were, by the time that episode was written, there were real-world examples. Absolutely. That were just as efficient, just as staggering, without it devolving into one of but the most evil regimes of the mid-20th century. But they wouldn't have been able to wear... SS no, that's yeah, true. But see, yeah, exactly. It wouldn't make as good of an episode. Yeah, yeah. like, just, like well, I, we... I get why it was, but it's like the excuse they give was so stupid. 
Yeah. And I'm sure even if in <coughs> outside of reality, even though it hasn't been detailed as much at this point as it will be in later Trek, humanity recovered from World War Three in that time. Like, mm-hmm. you can't tell me there weren't better examples in there. Yeah, but none of us are going to know the reference. No, I know. And again, yeah, they probably, and, you there's know, no chance for them to look evil like Nazis. Exactly. Someone was like, we need a We, need we a want to do Nazi we Planet. We want to do Nazi Planet. And but we can't just have a book be there because we did that for the gangsters. Right. And we also need to make sure that there's another planet that's basically named Zion. Here's the, 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 the John Gill, you know, bringing bring this information to them, trying to, you know, jumpstart the more more primitive of the two societies. Even though we keep hearing that there's evidence of uh, the, the Zeons coming and trying to help them out. That's, well, that was my a, thing. It was a little, like... a little bit overkill, I thought, of everyone, let's quickly help all the all the Ecosians, make sure they're, well, they're going to advance. Why did Gill bother? A, he likes, like... everyone loves Brick in the Prime Directive. No, that's true. But I got very lost, so I don't know how much he did before they decided, let's just start drugging him and take it over it's ourselves. Not, well, that's, that's the other thing. The timeline doesn't quite make sense, because they said, oh, yeah, he was like, because, uh, what was his fucking name? The Resistance guy? Melacon. No, the Resistance guy? Yeah, the, like, major, the one that had the most lines. The one Isaac. That was in the set. Isaac? Mm. Even the names. Yeah, it was um, like Isaac and Abram was the yeah. other guy, the Ascot guy. So, <laughs> Isaac there... Says, like, oh, yeah, it was, like, you know, a few years ago, and Spock says, that would about coincide when John Gill got here. So it sounds like not long. But then Blondie, you know, girl Hitler, was like, I was raised to admire him. I was like, how fucking long has he been here? 20 years or six? Maybe like, her people age really quickly. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're actually Kess's people. Fucking yes. Kess. Well, good. Just wait a few years and... Yeah, I'll be dead. Yeah, so that didn't that didn't make a ton of sense either. Yeah, um, and that that whole end scene where they're trying to get Gil to wake up and break out of the the thing and pump him with more and more stims until McCoy won't have any more of it. That was very just convoluted to me. I didn't care for that. It's like why not just <coughs> let him fucking wake up and talk to you? They had to kill a couple of minutes. They had to kill a couple of minutes. They had to make sure that that Gil Fake didn't tension. that Gil didn't actually say, "Oh no, everything's fine in here." When <laughs> when they broke in and arrested Spock, they also had to you know make sure that Gil wasn't going to go on the radio and say, "No, everything's fine. Keep murdering." It's like, yeah. "Oh God, he's just a Nazi." That could have been. That could have been. Uh, well, I think he that probably is just a Nazi. <clears throat> yeah. Probably. Like what the fuck, guy? It, yeah. No. It fucking. What's going on? Nazis. Listen, just because. He, you know, admired someone who was a racist, <laughs> you know, and just because... Are you giving the con speech? Yeah. Yeah. The con speech? Oh, uh, where, you know, where uh, Spock was horrified by them sort of admiring Khan, and Kirk was like, we can admire him without approving of what he did or something like no, that. No, I was trying to shame Trump voters. Oh. We thought, yeah, we thought, because Jake had said something similar back when uh, we watched Space Seed. Oh. And he was like, oh, you'll be seeing a different tune in Patterns of Force, Mr. Spock. Yeah. You, clearly, Spock was too into this. Like, were there were there any... Did, did you research this? Were there anything on record from either Shatner or Nimoy, both oh, Jewish actors, being like, yeah, we're all pissed they made us do this. I didn't see <laughs> that. Because I was so uncomfortable. It's actually an interesting thing, too, though, because, like, we, um, when we were watching it, I, you said something... And my response was like, yeah, and anyone watching this, like, lived through, probably, li- or most, you know, or whatever I said, a lot of the audience probably, like, lived through World War II, and you were like, probably all of them, and I was like, yeah, that's a Yeah, good like, except for the children watching, but any of the adults, it was within living memory. There were probably people who had fought in the fucking war 
watching list. Well, it's interesting because I feel like nowadays, like, we make, like, really horrific events seem, like, sacred and, like, you shouldn't make movies about them, but then you've got Star Trek doing it, like, you know, 20-something years later, and it's like, hmm. I don't know, there's already that movie about the Boston Marathon out, and that sounds... Way too soon, way too soon. Well, and anything involving fucking Mark Wahlberg is just unnecessary. He's a terrible actor. I don't know, the Funky Bunch. Yeah, I don't don't really think this episode was tasteless or anything I, I think I didn't find it tasteless but I was super uncomfortable with the fact that like they kept sort of having like kind of light moments well like you said wacky Hogan's Heroes-esque mm-hmm. things right. but then like whereas Hogan's Heroes was just always comedic and it didn't touch on the fact that the Nazis were the fucking Nazis well and- this would juxtapose comedic moments with your fiance died in the street over the course of five hours while people spit on her. Yeah, that Kirk was, being that like, "That was an amazing scene. That was fucking. It was out of place." And then, and then, and then Spock immediately afterwards, like, "Is there a place I can go to jerk off in private?" Yikes. Well, and then later, well, even like an acknowledgement of the fact that the Nazis did human experimentation, because Kirk's cover when he's bringing Isaac and shirtless Spock to that room is like, "They're being brought for experiments." <laughs> So you're acknowledging all of the worst aspects of Nazis, which is good because the Nazis were bad. But then you're having like cell room banter and wacky joke with like Doc's boot not fitting. And it's like, if you were going to do this episode, you either had to do full Hogan's Heroes and ignore the horrific shit. Or you had to go full drama and not have any levity. Well, and even like just the mention of them, they said like, first of all, they're hailing the Fuhrer a lot. Constantly. And then they said Final Solution like six times. Couple and times, I was yeah. just like, Jesus Christ. The the thing about like Hogan's Heroes was that, oh, what the fuck was his name? The guy that played Colonel Clink. Yeah, I can't think of his name. But Corporal yeah. Clink. Corporal Clink? Clinkity Clink. Clink. Yeah, Either clink. way, Clink, his actor was, the actor who portrayed him was Jewish, and his thing was like, okay, we can totally do this show, but the Nazis can never look even remotely competent. Yeah, they like, mm-hmm. buffoons. There was, the thing is... There was no final solution, Yeah, there was no nothing, and again, like, obviously these prisoners of war, like, had the entire, um... The whole fucking SS bamboozled. Yeah, and like the whole camp, like, wrapped around their fingers, they have their secret underground lair and shit, and... And even then, like, for all that we're using as as an example, even in the 60s, there were people who looked at Hogan's Heroes and were like, really? Because we've actually got, in my parents' house when I was growing up, we had, like, a collection of random sort of best of Mad Magazine from the 60s. And there were a couple different articles they did kind of, like, going, no, but really, you made a comedy about World War II (laughs) prisoners of war? You you thought the hot new sitcom should be about Nazis? And it lasted longer than Star Trek, so I mean, mean, it was. And it's a great show. It only ended because fucking Bob Crane died, I think. Oh, God. Poor Bob Crane. I never got canceled before that. Anyway. But yeah, so I mean, even as we use that as an example, like nowadays people are totally chill, but with Kogan's Heroes. But at the time, people were like, some people at least were like, ooh. So I... Well, again, rightly so. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up to be like, ha! Remember Nazis. that Holocaust thing that happened 20 years ago? Let's make a show about that. Yeah. Well, again, this but is let's make it a farce. Yeah, but, we um, definitely need the the drama and the and and, and the evilness because otherwise the otherwise I feel like we don't need the enterprise. Right. And otherwise, so, they'd be like, oh, they're fine on their own. Yeah. We should stop breaking the prime directive and get the fuck out. Well, of that's exactly what I was saying. But no, like, they're gonna kill each other, and it's our fault. They were fine on their own because, like, John Gill was like, oh, this planet was gonna destroy itself. It's like. Yeah, but it looks like the Zeons are going to fix it for you. You didn't need to introduce Nazism, you fucking psychopath. 
Yeah, I, I here's my here's my theory on this is that John Gill is actually a piece of shit. Yeah, okay. uh, Meg- Meg- I, I accept it. Though. Yeah, megalomaniac. <laughs> all he wanted to do was to dominate this planet, and, and he just wanted to be the Fuhrer. Now, maybe he legitimately didn't want them to become genocidal fuckheads and just wanted you know the efficient parts but nevertheless he still made himself the fucking Fuhrer and called himself the The Fuhrer Fuhrer. and dressed like the Fuhrer would dress so like there's no there's no way around it that guy was fucked up and had some very 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 questionable motives for whatever he was doing you guys watch uh, The Man in the High High Castle? no really good series Uh, it's a uh, what is it called, Jake? Nazi? Yes. It's a, it, well, it's an all, I know it's an yeah, alt it's history a, yeah, where... Yeah, it's an alt, alt oh, yeah, reality. Yeah, 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 I know you're, you're asking. Yeah. yeah, it's an alt reality in which the the Nazis won. The Axis powers won World but War II. But you know... Do they that, say Nazis or Nazis in that show? That was the other thing he said weird was Gestapo. Oh, right, he said Gestapo, didn't he? Gestapo. <laughs> Gestapo. <laughs> Gestapo and Nazis. You remember the Gestapo. Shoot Nazis. Yeah. You know, there's 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 something that they do sometimes in the Man in the High Tower, High Castle. Um, white White Castle. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I won't. But like, they do this thing where there's like a distinction between the good Nazis and the bad Nazis. Like, ye. It's like it's like, yeah, but they're all just Nazis. Yeah, like I mean, you, you do come across like, and this is probably fair that like there were you know the SS and the Gestapo. God damn it, Kirk. The SS and the Gestapo. And all that. But there is probably a difference between them and, say, the soldiers that were on the front lines. But if you worked in the camps, <coughs> if you were part of the high government, if you were any... There was no good one. Well, I think even the even some of the scientists were there against their will, like... Yeah. But, I mean, like, there, there's no... I think you're right. There's no distinction where, like, if you're high enough in the party, there's no good version of you. Yeah. And, like, sure. I mean, some people... There's... there's considerable argument about Albert Speer, who might have not been terribly evil, depending on... Who's that? He was one of the top-ranking Nazis. I think he was he was like an architect. So he was mostly in it for building shit, I guess. For German efficiency, like you do. But, like, he's, he's most famous for having, after the war, been obviously imprisoned as a prisoner of war. But, a but for off Nazi. But for, like... His, throughout his life, basically arguing that he didn't know about the final solution. He, he was just there building buildings, and he didn't know any of that stuff. But he but he lived in a prison, and he was like the last surviving prisoner in this particular prison for like years and decades. And got to the point where his jailers were like, take pity on this guy. So, I don't know. At least put some new prisoners in here from his the His image to. is very much like the epitome of the whitewashed Nazi. Mm. So, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I could maybe, maybe they didn't tell the chief architect everything, but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's, I I, I have a hard time. Me too. With any sort of whitewashing arch- of, of Nazis, well, but... If he was the head architect, did he build the camps? That's like the that's the thing. Yeah. Someone had to do that shit. You telling me somebody in his department didn't like design the camps and he somehow never heard about it? I mean, no, oh, what's up with these weird showers? Oh, nothing, just bathrooms. Don't worry about it. I think he was it. also like one of the few Nazis who actually expressed major regret and remorse ever. Mm. Like most of them were like, "No, we were doing our jobs." Yeah. You know, I mean, I like I freely admit I'm not going to claim that I'm great if my government was 
was taken over by evil bastards, I would probably just keep my head down and whatever, too. I wouldn't join the resistance. I'd like to think I wouldn't join the government either, though. You know, I'm not going to claim moral superiority. You yeah, but what? son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah no, what? I'm a coward. But what if the government came to your house and put a gun to your cat's head and was like, you're going to do this, or I'm going to totally no cats. splatter your cat's brains the, all over the, the dog, place? The dog Nazis take over, and they're like, we will get all the cats. Have Sounds you? like the most adorable Nazis ever. Aww. One of them this, has a this little... This is starting to sound like mouse. A little basset mm. hound with a little Hitler mustache. Aww. I know. Weird. Um, no, yeah. that's not cool. That's not cute. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, this episode was this, banned yeah, in Germany. What? Sorry. As you say, we've been trying to sort of ourselves bring some levity into it. It's just not always working. Are you saying banned in Germany? Yeah. Why don't you just is say it, it really? again without getting talked over? I don't think it's going to happen. Why not? Because they all talk. No. <laughs> no, this, epi- yeah, this episode was banned in Germany until 1995. I was actually sitting there thinking last night, like, I wonder, I bet this has never been shown in Germany, but apparently it's been shown for 22 years now. Yeah, Good I think it was, I think... It was available in 1995. I forget how. I think it was a paper, something or other. Wow. Uh, but it was finally. It was actually on like actual network television in 2011. I think. Wow. So five and five years and change ago. I like the idea of it being on on air for 22 years or whatever you said. Like there's just one channel devoted to playing just this episode is. over and over and over again. <laughs> well, that, 24 times a day. Like that 365 other, that days and other year. things they used to ban. It's like that in cycle with Schindler's List and well, reruns of Hogan's Heroes. Was Schindler's and, List banned? I don't know. Probably. Was Hogan's Heroes banned? Eh, probably. Probably. Like I said, if, we talked about this once before. They are really touchy about the whole Nazi thing. Yeah, like even just having like the swastika or the uniforms or whatever in in not an evil light or something. It's like even huh. in an evil light, yeah. they get worried. Oh, well, even who can blame them? But you can't like pretend that the shit didn't happen. That's how it happens again. That's yeah, well, I saw. So my understanding, from what little I know, is like they. They, they, they teach it, but they don't like it to appear in pop culture. Again, even in sort of a negative way. Well, that's fair. Because they're afraid, like, if you make them the, like, bad guys, they'll look kind of cool and this and yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, any type of celebrity I mean, is sexy. Yeah, so if it's in pop culture, it's... Yeah, I mean, I, okay, fine. Germany, I accept their terms. Germany is, is still very afraid of backsliding. You know, a few years ago, when it looked like, and ultimately they did, but when it looked like Germany was going to win the World Cup... There was a, a legitimately hand wringing from like <laughs> when it looked like where they were going to win the World Cup. There was like huge fears that they were just going to kill the Brazilian team. You're not too far off. There was legitimate worry because it was well because that's exactly the kind of thing that would stoke the fire of nationalism. Like, look at how great we are at soccer. Clearly, we well should... that's the, so that's but that's the thing that was actually a worry among yeah. older Germans. They were like, for the first time in a long time, Germans were uniting as a people. Because, you know, this is, you know, they've only been united as a country since the early 90s again. Uh, 89. November yeah. of 89. So they, there was legitimately this kind of worry. It's like, a lot of Germans, they were doing chants and all this shit you do when you get good at soccer. But they were like, oh, this is familiar. And some everyone, the rest of the world's like, it's just soccer, you'll be fine. And ultimately, they won, and they were. But you can understand why. They were just like, it really is a big part of their culture of like, you know, I remember when I took German in high school, my, my German teacher was from Germany, and... One day, time when she was one thing that took a long time for her to get used to was the fact there was an American flag in every classroom in a public school. She's like, there are very few German flags. They're like at government buildings, and that is it. 
Mm. You know, they are they don't really... Do the pledge, pledge every freaking day? Yeah, no, they are... You know, a lot of the, the trappings pledge. of even, say, lower-end patriotism, they are very nervous about. And again, I get why. I totally understand. Mm. But yeah, no... Soccer the, will rule the world. Like, they were genuinely worried that, like, if suddenly there was this great unifying German moment, it's like, would it go... I mean, again, there was there was concern from the, uh, you know, the, the NATO powers and the old allies that once Germany was reunited, would they immediately then be like, We fooled you! We were just waiting to be in one piece! Here we go again! And again, obviously, didn't Twirling come to their pass. mustache, like, like... You can't twirl that little toothbrush. <laughs> no, they, they, they go back to, like, the, the, the Bismarck styles, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I think if that, had, if that had been the Germany that was bigger, I think we'd all be a little more okay with it. The wacky, fun, pointy hats and big mustaches yeah. and not murdering the Jews. Kaiser like, Wilhelm. You know, that was a fine version of Germany. I mean, there was still the whole, you know, gassing. But I think, wasn't everyone doing that, though? They started it. Did they? I didn't know. Sorry, that. what gassing? I know not not. I know about the gassing in no, the mustard gas in World War One. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I was like Franz Haber invented it. Fritz. I did not know this. Fritz was it? Fritz was Franz. It was Fritz. Yeah, I can check the book. I believe you. It's right over there. Fritz. Franz Ferdinand. Fritz sounds. I, I have. I know you. You've read it more recently than I. Franz, Franz Ferdinand Fr- was the Archduke of someplace. Yeah, the, he was the Archduke Austria, of uh, Archduke of post punk. Anyway, the episode. Yeah, <laughs> so when you, you said Star Trek, when you said Franz Ferdinand had been killed, I was like the the performing artist. I think they're still alive. I like literally had a moment where I was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh God! So early in the episode, Gavrilo Princep, I believe. It sounds right. Assassinated. Princep's definitely right. I don't know about the first name. Um, <laughs> so one of the notes I made from early in the episode where they had the uh, you know the little ship coming at them that it turned out would be unmanned, but at first they're mm-hmm. just like the ship's coming right for us. It must have advanced detection devices. I'm like. Like, what, a window? <laughs> You're not exactly a small thing. Well, then it just turns out to be a nuke. Right, and then it's unmanned, and you're like, all right, I guess, but again, I still don't think you need advanced technology to hit this gigantic spaceship. Mm-hmm. It's but, not small. I think the sense was also just that they didn't expect the Ecosians to have no, that, that's true. any sort of space capability. Fuck, you look well for someone who's been utterly destroyed. Although then the other thing, though, that did seem weird was they're like, wow, they have a thermonuclear warhead? That's surprising. It's like... Yeah, where did they get that We from? had thermonuclear warheads before we had space travel. Yeah, but so really, I can get being surprised by their space travel, but if they have it, you shouldn't be surprised by a thermonuclear so did, warhead. So did John Glenn also teach them how to build fucking nukes? Well, no, I think the tech was stuff they ended up getting from the Zeons, because the Zeons... Why do the Zeons have nukes? They're pacifists. I Presumably it was... They probably reverse-engineered the bombs from their engines, because I think they said the engines were basic Uh, reactors. But yeah, most of the higher tech had come from the Zeons, I think, was the implication. uh, Actually, this is only tangentially related, but thinking on it, somewhere on that planet is John Gill's spaceship. Unless he was dropped off by a starship, but that mm. seems unlikely. (laughs) It was like a little parachute through the atmosphere. Yeah. And also somewhere on that planet are two phasers. Yeah. Things that neither the Zeons nor the Akoshans have developed. That's gonna fuck everything up. When John Gill went there, he went alone? It seems like, so. Like, now, now little, I'm actually considered a little one-seater well, one yeah. spaceship. Observer, though. He was just supposed to be well, still, hanging out. You think there'd still. be at least a small team or yeah, something. Yeah, you, you have someone, you know, making your snacks for you. Or you have a dock, you know, one of the, like, even if it's a shitty dock. Someone to fly, fly the ship while you're asleep. Yeah. It always goes bad 
when Starfleet tries to observe primitives. Yeah, they need to society. stop doing that. Just, just, just leave them alone. Yeah, just, yeah. just throw put, some satellites. Put some police tape around no them. Bullshit. Yeah, no, <laughs> never. Tape. Wait, wait until they have warp capability, and then swoop in and be fucking weirdos about it. It's like police line, do not cross, but it says like you know, prime directive. <laughs> prime directive, do, do not, not cross. cross. Here's another thing I had a question about. And it's actually sort of prompted partly by another episode, but I didn't bring it up at the time. They were talking about how they couldn't figure out how the phasers worked. And it's like, all right, so presumably, because we didn't see which phasers they brought. But considering they were in disguise and there was no obvious place to put a Type 2, they had Type 1s. Right. Type 1 just has a big fuck-off button that you push. (laughs) That's how it works. But similarly, they couldn't figure out they how the type on lock. They could have locked it yeah. first. Maybe there's a safety. Maybe there's a lock. All right, that's true. Some kind of fingerprint situation. Or maybe where... they were trying to reverse engineer it. Though. Oh, or that might have been. They might not have uh, been trying to. We fire can't figure it. out how it works. Yeah, they might have known how to turn. fire it, but they were like, "Well, we got to make well, a shitload of these." Well, now that now that I've blasted everybody in the room, that does that explains a lot. Because I mean, in Private Little War and in Gangster Planet episode two, everyone's looking at Type One's like, "How does this thing work?" Although you never do see anyone on the Gangster Planet try to push the buttons. Mm-hmm. I think they were just stupid. Yeah, they were pretty dumb. Speaking of, of tech, we see these fucking subcutaneous transponders. For the only time. The only time we ever see the fucking things, and they dig, dig them out of their arms immediately anyway, because Hammett, Kirk, and Spock. Well, they yeah. have to get the crystal laser. Some James Bond Why not shit. always use these fucking that things? That was my note. Why yeah. not have yeah. everyone fitted with one of these all the fucking time, so that whenever it's like, oh, we haven't heard from McCoy in a while, let's just beam him up from wherever, wherever he's drinking. Because <laughs> that, would, that would ruin almost every story. What if he's balls deep in a triple-titted woman on the pleasure planet? I'm sorry, triple-titted? Remember the, the women on the, the Unsho- shore, shore leave planet had the fuzzy bras? No, I totally forgot about that. You forgot about that? It's, I did. it's in your coloring book somewhere. Oh. Yeah, well, that's, uh, they had pink triples. And yellow. They were coloring <laughs> That's a terrible <laughs> mental image of just, like, Doc beaming up vertically, completely nude, just thrusting in the air. Oh, God. What, what are you doing? What is happening? Airy Olay! Oh god, especially if they beam him up right when he's in the middle of Climax. No! Somebody's gonna mop up that transporter pad. (laughs) Mopping up the holodeck. We were talking about that earlier on the way over. (laughs) We were. That's when you just get a wet dry vac, really. (laughs) I I think a Swiffer will do the No, I think think you just have have a clean setting so it just turns itself into a washing machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Holodeck, run washing machine program. (laughs) Oh god. I'm sorry for saying those things. Yeah, no, you should be. That's, nor- that's normally horrendous. not my uh, bit. I know. If, sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's why you're not Kirk, any good at okay. it, though. Don't sully McCoy's name. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of sullying McCoy's name, though. Oh, no. He looked great in that in that Nazi uniform, didn't he? He looks great all the time. He's just so skinny. Like, he's like the epitome of, like, what a fashion model would have we been. We see a lot of shirtless Spock in this episode, and he's skinny. I didn't notice. And also doesn't fucking care about being tortured at all. <laughs> Whip, whip. He's like, yeah. Well, he already fine. loves the Nazis. He well, probably I mean, likes being. Being fair, I joked about this at the time. Like the actor they had doing it, they just they could not have <coughs> staged that to look less convincing if they mm. tried. He was like, eh. <laughs> the most half-hearted little like, come on, you couldn't fake it. To, I mean, they faked whipping on that show before, and it looked kind of convincing. I mean, the, the welts have never looked convincing. No. The welts are garbage, but the actual act of the person whipping has looked better. This was just like. Yeah, he was not putting his heart into it. No, it was pretty bad. And again, this was the same scene where two seconds later the cuff was plainly undone. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was, that awful. was upsetting. Yeah, like, I wonder if that was just because like they couldn't get the range of motion they needed to Probably, but there was no better way to hide it. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, it's probably just that the fucking prop was broken. They didn't have any extras, and they didn't have time to like yeah, put it off. Maybe. They probably just had Listen, to make shatter. Do. Just, just keep it, so keep it as close as you can. Don't show it. Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. It was so blatantly obvious, though. It was painful. Yeah, I mean, they do a way better job of hide, hiding Duin's hand. They do. Yeah. They do a great job. Here's my other question: too. They're telling me, you know, the the fleet's on its way to to Zeon to fuck everything up. Like at this point, let's be honest. The Prime Director's out the fucking window. Oh, yeah. Kind of like with Gangster Planet, I feel like they can technically do what they want at this point. Yeah. You're telling me the Enterprise couldn't have disabled that fleet without destroying it? Really? Hmm. Really? Fuck it. But they haven't really been in communication with them. No, but at this point they are. You know, ah, they okay. could have, like, this is later in the episode. This it's is like, after, let's let's put McCoy in dress-up clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Like dress they, him like a paper uh, doll. Yeah, it's just, I, there's so, I mean, there's things wrong ethically with this episode, and there's things wrong... Technically. Technically, story-wise, mm. it's just, it's a fucking mess. Yeah, I mean, it, in the end, though, it's somewhat entertaining, you know, it's got its moments, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're hardwired. We love watching Nazis lose. Yeah. Even space Nazis. So here's a question, though, actually, that I meant to ask. Guy who turns out was in the Resistance the whole time at the end yeah. is like... Enig. Enig. Which is, is just Gene backwards. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> Is like, we're going to live the way the Fuhrer wanted us to. As Nazis? Well, the thing, like, are they going to come back, like, in 20 years, and it's like, they are now just good Nazis, so they're, they're, they're no longer evil, but there are still swastikas and everything everywhere? That's going to be so awkward when, like, the Israeli does designation show, de- delegation shows up, and they're like, you know, they, they join the Federation, because Spock even says, oh, these would be good yeah. candidates to join the Federation. So, oh. so they join the Federation. It's like, well, there's like, you know, the Israelis are sitting there at, at their, the, you know, the Federation. Well, yeah, I think the Federation would just be represented by Earth in general, but... Well, I'm figuring that, like, well, sure. But let's say, like, yeah, but what if the like, Earth representative is Jewish? Yeah, it's going to be really Jewish. awkward yeah. for, like, at, at that meeting of, I'm going to call it the UN, but it's yeah, the, Federa- the Federation Fed- version of the UN, UN yeah. and they're hanging out, and it's just like, there's the Nazis, and they're dressed like Nazis, and oh, God, great. One of my uh, relative of mine loves to bring up the fact that the swastika is actually a form of a, of one of the crosses. I forget what religious symbol it is, but it's, 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 a, it's, it's a like cross. an Indian, isn't it like an Indian? Indian and I think Buddhism in Good general. Good luck symbol. But it goes in the other Indian. direction in Buddhism. I think it shows, like that particular symbol shows up all over, all the, place. over the place. Like it was, a, it was used. The Romans used it. Yeah, it was heavily used symbol until World War II. Yeah. yeah. Although apparently. Like, no, no, no one uses it in that regard. No one. Zero people use it like that anymore. Actually. What? Oh, when we were, um... So, in Japan, Buddhist temples are still marked on GPS maps with a Buddhist swastika. Which, again, oh. goes in the other direction. Mm. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't know that distinction. Well, that's the thing. So, I because like, what happened, we were watching an anime, and... Yeah, well, which, was that, I don't was that Namaru-chan? Maybe. Anyway, so there's a quick cut of a GPS map, and they kind of cut away, and we were both like, I'm sorry, did you just see a swastika? Lots of swastikas? And we go back, and we pause, and we're like... What the fuck? And I was like, I think they're backwards. So maybe it's a boot. And we looked it up. And there actually is a discussion right now in Japan about not doing that anymore. Because tourists get to Japan and look at maps and go, Because a lot of people don't realize there's two directions and that the opposite direction Mm. is something else. Because, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, like, yeah, it has this long history and different uses and all this. But it's like, 
the swastika, that little mustache, those, let's be honest, very well-cut uniforms have all been ruined by yeah, their association with Nazism. They were actually pretty nicely cut. They were like, really good Like, the second that we see the, saw the scene between everybody on the planet in the in the uniforms mm -hmm. and everyone back in their Starfleet uniforms, I'm like, oh, you guys went down a couple rungs. Although, none of them are as good as the Star Trek's two through six uniforms. That's true. Okay. Love those fucking uniforms. But yeah, no, although it, it, it's so, those fucking uniforms, in reality, not in Star Trek, it's like Hitler went, look, I want to look evil. Can you make us? Because they really, it's like they went out of their way to look like movie bad guys. Well, there's a, there's a great clip from um, this, it's a British sketch show with David Mitchell. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. And yeah. um, they're they're Nazis and they're dressed like Nazis. And the whole, the clip, the, the joke of the, the sketch is he's like, have you noticed that we have skulls on our hats? <laughs> Are we the baddies? Oh. <laughs> and they're like, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. It's such a... Like, because I haven't seen this episode in years. And I was purposely, you know, waiting once Jake reminded me of it. That I was like, I'm going to wait until we get to it to actually watch it. And it really... It's so fucked up. <laughs> it really is. You know what's, what's even more amazing? Apparently, at the same time, there was a second script in in development that was another Nazi script, and they said, "Let's go with Patterns of Force because it's the better script." What was the other one? I don't know. I couldn't find anything on the other oh, one. Oh my yeah. god! That one, Hitler comes back as a pacifist, but he's still Hitler. No, actually, you know what it was? It was a sequel to Wolf in the Fold. Hitler was also in Timeless oh, Space Ghost. Oh no! He'd actually possessed Kodos. <laughs> yep. And moved on. That's why Kodos went to Shakespeare instead, because the ghost was gone. Jesus Christ. There's a ghost in Shakespeare. <laughs> At least one. So many. <laughs> the only thing that I have to add that has not already oh, been yeah. said <laughs> is at the end after like oh the Fuhrer didn't want us to live this way um, the resistance guy was like it is time to stop the bloodshed to bury our dead and I went oh and that rhymes because I'm the Fuhrer on the mic. What what. <laughs> And that was all I had. That was it. I have nothing else to say about this episode. On the mic. I actually wasn't really that impressed by this episode. I was too busy being horrified. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Kirk is the worst fucking videographer, by the way. I made a note! <laughs> Tell us, like, half an inch from their face. It's yeah. so, like, how did no one notice that that was a bad shot he was setting up? I don't know. My favorite thing, though, is when they're walking into the building and they have the little lights. Oh, no, that was brilliant, and, I thought. And Spock just keeps shining it in the guy's face. It's so no one will recognize it. Yeah. Them. No, that was oh, great. Oh, that's clever. That is clever. Yeah, yeah, no, I but thought like that, that actor, you were, you all I can think of is, oh, like, was it. Spock, or, like, uh, that guy pissed Nimoy off before they <laughs> set up that shot and Spock. I was like, ah, I got the flashlight now. I think so many, so many actors did just get lights flashed in their eyes, and, they, yeah. and those were strong fucking lights. Mm. But yeah, no, I thought that too. Like, no one is noticing that. Like, if this was real footage, it would just be footage of her fucking nostrils. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. This Where do you get Nazi like Nazi branded camera gear? You said that. I did. Everything <laughs> had swastikas on it. <laughs> yes. I got this at the Nazi store, and I also got this Nazi hat, like, and I... this Nazi teddy bear, and also my favorite Nazi track jacket. Mm. Like, I think <laughs> even the real Nazis didn't put swastikas on that many things. Now, as, as someone who is sensitive to graphic design considerations, mm -hmm. I was very irritated by the varying line weights of swastikas that appeared in this episode. Oh. Because some of, like, some of the, the, the armbands had, like, very thick 
line. If it's right. extra, if it's bold italics, it means you're the captain or something. I, I don't know. Like some of them were like they were like really thick swastikas, and they looked they like looked chunky, like a like a kid's Halloween costume. And, you know, never is quite right. And then some of them, you know, had nicer ones that were like more the traditional shape. And then like there were some that were like pencil thin swastikas, like the one on the car door when they're pulling up yeah, to the yeah. Nazi. I didn't think of that, but now party. that you mention it, there's, there's, yeah. it's like there was very little consistency in in the appearance of the swastika. And I don't know if that was just because the prop department didn't give enough of a shit or like maybe on the planet. Like, but you know, Listen, was he John, on the John, planet? John Gill didn't tell, didn't teach them how to do it right. I guess not. On the planet, the graphic design guy was actually in the resistance and all he could do to try to make, you know, it's like I can make them look bad by having them have inconsistent swastikas. I guess so. Seriously, who wasn't in the resistance? Yeah, no, I mean, really, really only, the only guy that wasn't in the resistance was... Mel- the deputies here. Mel- Melicor or whatever. Because even, like, even if maybe everyone else in that room wasn't in the resistance, they didn't seem to care much that their entire government had just been brought down. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It was like, oh, we're not going to be Nazis anymore. Okay, great. Well, not, again, we don't know. They might be good, uh, not, I can't even say it as a joke. Seriously, thank God there wasn't a TNG episode where they go back. It's like, oh, so you're still with all the iconography. It just got, oh, okay. Mm. You're not evil, but no. Okay. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with having fiction about World War Two and about the Nazis and, yeah. and yeah. alternate like, like things. Like High Castle. And, yeah, like High Castle. And you know, even the premise of this episode, I don't have a particular problem with. It was the execution. It was some weird execution. That's that didn't well, that's, work. Yeah, no, I mean, like you can't. I mean, we again. I said we love. I mean, fucking looking at Indiana Jones. Where would Indiana Jones be oh, without yeah. Nazis? And Temple Captain of America, Doom and four. And Captain America and yeah. Superman and that guy that punched Sean Spicer in the face. Yeah, not Spicer. What's his name? Um, oh, that guy. Yeah, the other one. Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. Either way, that guy with the frog pin. Yeah, I mean. But yeah, like I said, it's the execution has to be good. Yeah, and I just yeah, in this episode it was fucked up. short in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, it felt really weak. It's like you've got like first like you said, tonally dissonant. And then like it's Nazis. How hard would it have been to like make this a really interesting episode? I just felt like it was boring. Yeah. I was just bored. Like why did they need I don't know, like why did they need McCoy to dress up like a Nazi doctor when it didn't seem like totally necessary at all, yeah. and like I don't like I don't know. It was just all uh. of the of the two cultural cultural contamination episodes we've really seen, which is this and a piece of the action. Piece of the action. Piece of the action. Far superior. Oh, that oh, piece of the action. One of the best episodes ever. Yeah, great episode. This episode, on the other hand. Kind of a retread on the same concept. Very shortly thereafter. Very shortly thereafter, and just, you know, not handled in the best way. No. No. Well then, with that, this has been episode 26 of A Star to Steer Her By. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, As always, do please find and like our Facebook page. Uh, Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We are on both Tumblr and Twitter as SSHB Podcast. Shame Caitlin into writing that Overwatch article. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. Do it, Caitlin. Do it. We must know. Inquiring minds must know. I know, I know, I know. Please join us next week when we will be talking about By Any Other Name and The Omega Glory. E Plagnista. Uh, I forgot it was that one. God save us. <laughs> God fucking save uh. us. Uh, for a star to steer her by, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is never Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman.
You know what the missing link is? Do you know that there was no native Zelda game for the Wii U? What? That's that's that is the missing true. link. True. Yeah, there was. The they went. There was on the Wii. There was Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword and Skyward Sword. And then on the Switch, there's uh, the new one, yep. uh, Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild. Wild. Something like that. Is that right? Okay. Which there's a port for, or I don't know, if it's a port. But well, it was being developed for Wii U originally. Oh, and then they realized they were dragging their ass. Can I just say, yes, as a consumer, yes, who has purchased every single Nintendo system except for the 3DS because I don't do portables very much. I am fucking bullshit that. Nintendo has the fucking scrow to try and get me to buy another system after having purchased the Wii U. Because here's the thing. There was... There's some good content on the Wii U. There's there is a handful. No, there's a lot of good content on the Wii U, in my opinion. Just people didn't buy any of it. I could... Well, I bought it. I have the fucking Wii U. So do I. And I feel like the fact that they've already moved on to another system... Well, it's pisses me off. It's because they sold so few. It, it's because they they sold so few of them that they had to because they, they couldn't should, like get out of it. Yeah, because, basically, like, like everybody you, thought that the Wii U was like <coughs> just an expansion of the Wii, so yeah. a lot of people were like, "I don't understand what the fuck this is." I'm pretty they, sure like your household and ours represents like 75 percent of the Wii U sold worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. N- note to Nintendo. <laughs> I will not be buying a Switch. I will not be buying a Switch. Oh, I will. Until such time that you do one of the following. Offer an exchange program where I can sell you back my Wii U and get a discount on a Switch. Well, GameStop already does that. Well, Go on. No, they don't because they'll give you like 10 cents on the dollar for your Wii U. I know, I know. Fucking assholes. Or the other alternative is... Um, no, there was no other alternative. But you, you, you wanted a, another Zelda game? I just How think, many Zelda games will it take? Well, because really, I only buy Nintendo products for the Zelda games. Like, you know, I, I, Mario Kart. I, I, I like Mario Kart. I love, I love Mario. I love Splatoon. Did you get Splatoon? I didn't do Splatoon. Oh, Splatoon is the ball. Is it good? Splatoon 2 is going to be great. Even if they are calling it, as you said, Splatoon 2 instead of... Splatoon. Yeah. Which is what they should have called it. That's where you just it. jizz on everything, right? Pretty much. A little jizz, uh, jizz can. Just, like, just that, like Sargon. Honestly, that kind of could stand in for a lot of things in my life. <laughs> but yes, that is also true of Splatoon. So, anyway. I will sooner buy... Like, here's the thing. I feel like Nintendo disrespected their fan base by going directly to a new generation. But it's been like, hasn't the Wii U been out for like six or six years or something? It's four and a half. Yeah. It, oh, it, that it, seems like a long time. Yeah, but the the I mean, now here's the thing: Sony just did the place PS4 Pro, which is the the 4K version. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they released the 4K PS4 Pro. They released the PS4 Slim, mm-hmm. which is the the non-pro version, not 4K. It's cheaper, and it replaces. So basically. Sony did what I like, where they expanded their product line, offered a new product, but didn't shit on the old product, right? They rele- they continued the old product so that they can, you know, so that bo- and both are intercompatible. Well, if they had done that with the with the Switch and said, okay, we're going to have the Switch, which is like the new thing, but we're going to make all Switch games compatible with the Wii U. Yeah. Well, that would be cool. The hardware just doesn't work there because it's cartridges. Wait, the Switch is cartridges? Yep. Well, is it cartridges or it's like flash memory? Like, well, it's well, I guess like, I guess it's like no little like, DS games, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But Which apparently taste terrible. 
Dude, really? Why are people putting these fucking things in their mouths? So, like, some guy... It's a thing you can put in your mouth. Some guy did it as sort of a joke and found out because he did that that it tastes horrendous and now people are doing it because he did. But you're not... You're not supposed to put shit in your mouth. Like, what... But, like, what would compel you to do well, this? Well, so, the theory... I don't, so I've read that this is both a theory as to why it tastes bad versus definitely why it tastes bad. So, I don't know as of recording which it is. But that... Because normally it's just plastic just kind of tastes like plastic it's kind of neutral tasting the 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 going theory and or definite reason depending on which article you read is that because they're so tiny and because nintendo knows that their main audience is kids that they purposely made the carts taste bad so children wouldn't put them in their mouth but this only gives them more incentive (laughs) well no it's adults that are in their mouth now is some sort of internet thing i put it in my bum on that note, yes, back the to episode the episode. Yeah. I just want to say I'm just glad that, that we're fine. Like the era of optical media cannot end soon enough, so I am happy about that. 